0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Men in Hoodies podcast, providing you a detailed look at national sports updates and debates. Brent Lyons, Roman Clear, and Jake Stoop bringing the action today. And guys, two of the top teams in the West got sent home early. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, first off with the Phoenix Suns, that's just deplorable performance in Game 7. As the number one seed, the favorite to make it out of the West, get to the NBA Finals, made it to the Finals last year, coach of the year, Imani Williams. And to just come out and get blown out like that in game seven at home against the four seed, I think, in the Dallas Mavericks. Awful. That's just that's not a good look for Monty Williams at all. Obviously still a fantastic coach and definitely the guy the Suns should go with in the future, but just not a good look for Phoenix at all. And the I guess the Chris Paul Scott Foster curse just rolls on here. He's now what? Owen fifteen? Something like with
2: that. With Scott
0: Foster ref in the games. So. They shouldn't allow Scott Foster to ref any more of his games. Yeah. I mean that's just how
2: I mean that is. shouldn't be the excuse for why you're losing a series, but But like Chris, I agree.
0: But Owen fifteen is just like keep on going you have to look at that.
1: Chris Paul's gotta beat him eventually. He's gotta beat or win a game with okay, Scott Foster. But
2: games against Scott Foster haven't always been this big of a blowout. Come on. You let Spencer Dinwiddie oh, score know. 30 points off the bench, yep. and that's... and yeah. I'm saying, didn't
1: Scott Foster ref game six of the finals last year? Did he? Oh, I don't remember.
2: I don't remember either. But, I mean, obviously, the Suns didn't have <laughs> what it took to beat Luka by himself, basically. I mean, it was really just the guard show for the Mavericks. I mean, Brunson, who's had a... Great coming out party! this playoffs, had 30, I think. Uh, Luka had 35, Dinwiddie had 30, like I said. It just was really, and it's surprising that it was the guards that were the ones to do all the scoring, even though they're their better players, because Mikael Bridges can guard all positions, but you'd think that he'd thrive against guards because of his size. So it was really surprising that they had such struggles, not, not even against Luka, because sure, make the excuse that you can't stop Luka, Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, especially Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench, should not be dropping 30 points and being one of the reasons why you lose. I mean,
0: Brunson's been averaging like 24 over oh, the playoffs. right. But I understand.
2: He's had a really good season. But I, that was – I don't even think Sp- – Spencer hasn't had a game like that since he's been on the Nets, really. So uh,
0: – I i can check that. I mean, I
1: think you're wrong there. Because I know
2: Dinwiddie playoffs, has been playing
0: really well. Not in See, the playoffs. Here's
1: the deal. No matter how many points you give up on the de- defensive end – there's no reason why you should only be scoring 27 points and a half. Like, yeah. that yeah, is the sure. biggest difference. The Suns' offense just didn't show up for me. Like, yeah. And you have scores. You have a tremendous advantage inside with DeAndre Ayton. Devin Booker's one of the best shot creators in the league. Chris Paul is one of the best point guards of all time. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't have been able to keep up with Dallas on the offensive end. So, even if you were bad defensively, that should not have mattered as much as it did last well, I mean,
0: night. I mean, the way they the Mavericks play is they try to get you – they try to exploit your mismatches, right? You see that in every pick and roll that they do with Luka. They try to get him on a guy that isn't on him originally, and then they attack. They go one-on-one. And when you're playing a team like the Suns, they are filled with a lot of role players, 3 and D players who are not great defensively. They're good defensive players, but they're not great. So if you are constantly and constantly exploiting those mismatches, then why wouldn't you have success, especially when you've got guys like Spencer Dinwiddie? I mean, after yesterday, I mean, you can't say that he's not maybe one of the top
1: one-on-one guys in the
2: West oh, right now. I, I loved him, I mean, especially Brunson. Great,
1: Again, the offense for the, for the Suns was the main issue for me last night. You can't score only twenty-seven yeah. points and a half and expect to make it to the Western Conference. Finals. I think
2: that the overall depth at guard position for the Mavericks, like not even like coming off the bench, but like Luca Bronson and Dinwiddie is probably the best in the league. Like they have the three, they have three starting caliber point guards coexisting together and dropping thirty if you if all three of them drop thirty each game like that and nobody else they're scores plus consistent. ten, that's too con- like I don't know yeah. I don't know if the Warriors... I mean they're
0: disciplined, they take good shots, they have the best role players in the league in my opinion. I mean Dorian Finney Smith, who is that? I mean he's one of their best shooters right now. I love Dorian Along with Reggie Bullock and then six guys averaging in double figures. You don't know who Dorian is? No, I mean he's I hadn't known a lot I mean he no one knew about him before been on the this ma- season. I mean he's this is his coming out season for sure. I mean yeah. like, and, it's like his thirteenth season. And already. I'm I'm still <laughs> expecting the war- I heard about I'm
1: it. still expecting the Warriors to beat them. I'm just yeah. not gonna lie about I'm still expecting the Warriors to beat them, but it's definitely going to be a challenge for Golden State having to deal with a guy like Luka, that's to be a challenge for Steph Curry, so. yeah.
2: I don't think Steph's probably not going to be the one guarding Luka. Uh, it's that's probably going to be handled by if I had to guess Wiggins, I don't think we're going to put clay on him either. I think Wiggins will be the one that uh, I could
0: see even Draymond,
2: yeah. I I guess it just depends. I don't on think
0: Draymond of, has the speed, uh, he's pretty fast. Uh, I Luke, mean, Luka's not is fast not either. V- yeah.
2: Luka isn't the fastest player, and definitely it's definitely a step down athleticism wise, yeah, compared to guarding jaw the first couple games, and I mean. I guess I could see Wiggins guarding him. I guess I could also see Dre guarding him. It just depends on what kind of bigs Mm -hmm. the Mavericks play with. Um, I mean, I I still expect the Warriors to come out on top of this series, but I think it's going to be a completely different series than it would have been if it was the Suns-Warriors because that would have been basically a defensive – just whoever played the better defense that night would win the game because you know you have the offensive stars, so it's all about stopping them. In this series, you're really just worried about the guards – for the Mavericks and pretty much the guards for the warriors as well. I mean, you have the three best shooters in the league on the Warriors side and three of the most consistent guards in the league on the other side. And Luca one of them. So, uh, yeah, it's, and Luca's good on the road and apparently also good in game six. Well, yeah. that was seven. Never so, so, so
0: Roman, what is going to be the key factor of this next series? What are you looking forward
1: to watching? So for golden state and Dallas, well, obviously the big factor is how is golden state going to contain Luca and respond to that? Like, Luca's going to get his, but how are you going to, I guess, not only try to limit him as much as you can, but limit the guys around him, you know, and respond to that on the other end. So it's really all about if Golden State is able to shut down the flurry, like Phoenix clearly wasn't able to here.
0: So. Yeah, And, I mean, the Mavericks are going to spread you out. That's the difference, the main difference between the Grizzlies and the Mavericks is because the Warriors had success when they had to step in the paint and guard Ja every time he attacked. Here, you've got five guys besides maybe Dwight Powell who can hit a three anytime you want them to. That well, differs from the Grizzlies. It's the
2: same thing with the Warriors. I mean,
0: I know. I'm just saying it's a completely different matchup, and y'all thrived when y'all had to stick in the it's,
2: paint. A, it's the same thing, though. The Suns don't really have five guys or four guys that can shoot the ball like Wiggins, Poole, Clay, and Steph can. I mean, if you have those four on the outside, you're going to be spread out pretty much, too. And the Warriors have done, I think, a decent job of. Uh, adapting to situations sure it took us a 40 point loss to figure out how to adapt but we uh we obviously figured that out in game six um yeah. <laughs> but i think yeah it's really going to be a guard heavy series i feel like i mean it pretty much is when it comes down to the playoffs b- with the exception of the eastern conference with the honest and stuff like that but with all of them gone uh and no longer relevant i think the only heavy forward or um uh, i guess big man left is kind of jason tatum and jimmy Butler. But they'll handle their, their themselves on the Eastern Conference side. Uh, but for this series, um, I don't know if it's a blessing that the Warriors are playing the Mavericks or a curse. Because I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. because we I really mean, have no idea. In one way, the Suns are the better team, but you, but you haven't seen this kind of Mavericks team before. So like, you know what you're getting with the Suns, but you don't necessarily know yet what you're getting with the Mavericks because yeah. they haven't been here yet. Mm. So it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting series. Yeah. I can't. I couldn't really say where I think it'll go to. It's not gonna be four. Um, I don't think yeah. I don't think the Warriors went in four but I feel like anyone from five, six or seven that it just depends on who comes to play on a certain night. yeah
0: and I mean I agree. Um, I mean the Mavericks are just disciplined and they play pretty much the exact same way every game so you know what you're gonna get there. but I ultimately trust the shot making of the Warriors down the stretch. I know that we know what the Mavericks are going to give us. They're going to give us consistent 100, maybe at more than 100 points a game. They're going to go one-on-one on
2: you, try to exploit the mismatches. Warriors don't have any mismatches. I do mean, the they can line up with you the whole way. Do the do the Mavericks have enough defense to match up with all of Golden State shooting? I now?
0: mean, if they can beat the Suns in seven, I think they do. I mean, you saw the stats last game. Booker started okay. out 0 for 6. Chris Paul started out 0 for 3. And, I mean, you can have an off night, but to hold both of those guys to 0 for 9 to start. I mean, you you guys just said
1: Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie both dropped 30. Like, anything is possible for the Dallas Mavericks at this point. Even against a team like Golden State, that can just shoot you out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so I think it'll be a great series. But we're going to talk the latter end of the Golden State run. Talk about the Grizzlies. All right. Moving forward, they obviously lost by, like, I think it was 13 points last game. So, what do
1: you have – what do you think they have moving forward? So, I think getting help down low is a big need for Memphis at this point. I mean, you cannot allow Kevon Looney to get 21 rebounds, I think it was, in game six. Balloon dog. No offense to Brent here, but Kevon Looney just isn't that caliber of a player. This
2: is coming out party.
1: In most situations. I mean, I'm not saying you get rid of Steven Adams, but you need more help. Defensively.
2: Until until Jaron Jackson decides to play like the big man he is, instead of pulling rainbow threes with his ugly form from 30-something feet back, you're going to need to find another big man. I agree with that. Jaren,
0: I mean, Jaron's a great rebounder.
1: No, no, no. no I'm Stephens not, I'm not talking rebounder. about J. I'm talking about centers, specifically. I talking but about centers. I thi- I That's think what I'm talking about. Well, I
0: mean, the Warriors just take threes, and, you know, I mean, if you play basketball, you know that the longer they shoot from, the longer the rebounds are going to go. Steven Adams likes to play down low. So, I mean, Which what do you want him to do? Which
1: is why you need a more athletic – Type center in there to go get those longer rebounds. And to me, that's Jalen Duren out of Memphis. I think he'd be the perfect fit here. I know it's kind of a.
2: You think you're going to snag Jalen Duren with pick
1: 27? <laughs> if a we dream- can trade up for him, we the Grizzlies are going to have more like most more than likely than not three first round picks in this upcoming draft. I think you can easily package something with those to move up and get him.
2: I think
0: <sighs> I could see it.
2: I think y'all need to hold on to as much of your core as you can, but at the same time, get rid of D- Dylan think you need to trade Dylan to be successful. Why? I know that I, I know that he's agree. I know that he's the core I of disagree. your I know that he's the core of your young so called dynasty, which is not a dynasty. He didn't yet, call it but, a dynasty. He look, said it was um, a growing but but dynasty. The Brit- but
1: the Warriors already won the series. Why are you still like what am I doing this wrong?
2: You told me to give my opinion on the series and tell me what I think the Grizzlies need to do. But, but I'm saying what the Grizzlies need to do is no matter how much you want to ride Dylan Brooks is abysmal shooting performance but still had 30 in game six, and say that, oh, he's the heart and soul of this Memphis team, just because he's the best on defense and the heart and soul doesn't mean it's always the best fit. Jimmy Butler is the heart and soul of pretty much any team he goes to. But we saw in the Timberwolves and the 76ers, it's not a good fit. And well, when we talk, he went to, and, well, what about
1: Miami? And,
2: and, and exactly Let me get there. When, when we got to the Heat, he obviously had more success there because it was a good fit. Dylan Brooks is not the player you want taking 20 shots guaranteed a game. You want to give that to someone else. You can find someone just as good on defense as Dylan Brooks that takes way less shots. Give Mikhail Bridges. Mikael Bridges is probably – well, is on the same level defensively as Dylan Brooks is takes way less shots per game. Probably t- you're saying that. Are you nodding your head saying that Dylan Brooks is a better defender than Mikael Bridges? I mean, I don't know. I, I I think Dylan's a tougher defender and a better fit. for the Dylan Grizzly. Brooks. Dylan Brooks wasn't even nominated from his own team for Defensive Player of the Year. Jaren was. Yeah, but I I don't I think Dylan's just a tremendous perimeter defender. That well, I think Steph Curry is a tremendous defender. Defender. Perimeter defender, but you know nobody else is going to agree with me on that one. So what I'm saying is, I agree about the shot selection. I'm not, I'm not dissing the Grizzlies. But Warriors. shot selection that comes that's coaching. If right you there. notice that I haven't said anything to make fun of the Grizzlies Warriors series, all I all, you asked for my opinion on what the Grizz future is. I don't think the Grizz are going to win a title with Dylan Brooks on their team. You just don't. If you're trying to give the ball to Jaw and maybe Jaren now. You don't need Dylan Brooks, the fifth or sixth option on offense, sixth to someone coming off the bench, sixth to maybe even Steven Adams, pulling twenty shots guaranteed a yeah, game I in agree. a finals. I agree. Especially when you're playing, like sure, you can get away with that against the Warriors because they're a streaky shooting team kinda right now. But if they were playing, say the Bucks or the Heat even in the finals, you're not gonna get as lucky when Dylan is pulling twenty shots and you have Giannis that's automatic from five feet and nobody can guard him.
1: Well, at the end of the day, Dylan taking that many shots comes down to coaching for me. It, it just does. Like that clearly means that Dylan has been given too much freedom in the offense. Like get rid of him. Then. I mean, you you saw too much he took around.
0: a absolutely terrible shot against the Warriors in Game Six, and they immediately took him out. But at the end of the game, you can't do that because but, he's still our best defender. That's the problem. I love and Dylan Brooks, and the problem is he's a volume shooter. Once he gets going, he's on it, right? But he's going to take those shots in order to get in the rhythm. That's kinda... why I think he just needs to someone to just besides social media, someone in the Grizzlies facility, whether that's Ja, whether that's Jaron, whether that's Taylor Jenkins, sitting him down and saying, we do not need you to take 20 shots a game. You are too valuable on the defensive side of the ball and the energy side of the ball. To be putting a team in a position where John Jaron are taking the most shots and possible, and, and even
2: Bane, Bane shot over fifty percent last game. Something and I Dylan don't think y'all, y'all are realizing shots. is Dylan Brooks is kind of starting to remind me of a younger Draymond Green, and you're gonna probably hate that because you guys don't like Draymond. But if you think about how their careers are going, when Draymond came in, he was actually a pretty good shooter, like compared to how he is now. I, th- I read something about how he had, like, I remember he had, like, six threes in a playoff game a couple years ago. It was six in a row. Yeah, six in a in row. And he, and, like, this was just a couple years ago. Obviously, he's fallen off offensively dramatically since then. But the way his career started, he was taking way more shots. He was taking a lot of threes. He was probably averaging at least 15 or 16 shots a game. Wasn't high quality. Same thing with Dylan Brooks. He's taking at least 15 or Thank 16 you. shots Thank a game. You. They're not high quality. And... At the beginning of his career, when they weren't necessarily winning championships, there was talk about getting rid of Draymond for someone who could probably be a better defender and better offensive player that doesn't need as many shots. Dylan's and somebody sat Draymond down and told him that. exactly. Either, thank D- you, either see, Dylan thank needs you, to Brent. get that talk or he needs to get traded because the Grizzlies aren't getting rid of Taylor Jenkins. You tied your best record of all time. You're not getting rid of Taylor. I
0: don't, I don't see why you don't like the coaching here. I mean, this is obviously a Dylan Brooks problem that needs to be fixed internally in my opinion.
2: And if it doesn't get fixed internally, there are multiple people in the league that could take his spot and are trash enough as a whole team that would love to see Dylan pull 20 shots a game.
1: See, I think this Grizzlies team is actually built kind of similarly, like, in terms of, like, the mentality, as, like, those earlier Warriors teams were. And sense, you have the young superstar point guard, I mean, a, a phenomenal complimentary piece in Desmond Bain, um, uh, the super tough, gritty defender, Dylan Brooks, and plus you have a a super versatile four in Jaron Jackson Jr. who can play anywhere on the floor. I mean, I don't know. If the biggest difference for me, though, is that Taylor Jenkins was brought in in 2019 for a specific purpose, and that was to help the team rebuild. And And he he did that. And he was hired for that correct purpose. But at the end of the day, I am questioning right now if whether he is a high enough caliber of a coach to lead the team beyond that. Steve Kerr wasn't a
2: proven coach until he won the finals. Like, they had the questions about Kerr because he had never been – wasn't that his first head coaching job? Hey,
1: hold hold up. But – He was a commentator. But guess what? The Warriors shot, and they fired Mark Jackson because they knew that Steve Kerr was a better fit.
0: We let go of Bickerstaff, or, yeah, to get Taylor Jenkins. I mean, we had multiple other options. There was a guy overseas that was doing really good. But instead, we stuck with a guy that hadn't had coaching – uh, experience before, at least head coaching experience. And then, I mean, I I mean know, he he was,
1: he was an assistant for Mike Lindholzer yeah, who just he, won the finals exactly. last year. So he's
0: had, so he ex- you, uh, I mean, you said last podcast that coaching experience is very important. And this experience and this talent on the coaching side is what's led us to grow every single year. I don't know how, after a now, season where again, you're second in the West, you I can say that we need to let go of it. I, I, I want,
1: I want, I, I'm not saying I don't want to let go of him now because I think he deserves a chance to prove me wrong. I'm just saying that he's done. More than well enough to for that. I mean, I he think, just broke the franchise wins record. Like, I think there's no wants, reason why he shouldn't be the Grizzlies head coach next season.
2: If he wants a chance to prove you wrong, I think that they're going to need to find a veteran that's still playing good basketball. Like, say, a Draymond Green or Jimmy Butler type S player. Maybe not even that caliber-wise because they're still playing – Jimmy Butler's playing some of the best basketball of his career and Draymond Green is playing some of the best defense of his career and he's helped leading his team. But I think that you need – we, they're getting more playoff experience, but they still don't have that one guy that can lead their team through the playoffs like Draymond Green could. or like Wait, Jimmy. who's that? The Grizzlies? I'm, I'm saying that the Grizzlies need a veteran player that can help lead their team as a whole, even if we talked about it, uh, I forget if it was on an episode or if it was just a normal conversation. Are you talking talk, about like
0: Iguodala and all that? Yeah, we're ta- okay. like
2: how Iguodala might not be the best player on the team, but if he's on the Pistons and the Pistons make it to the playoffs, he is surely going to be – the veteran leader at practice and in everywhere else besides maybe on the floor. Iguodala
1: and straight up said, "No, I don't want to be here in
2: Memphis." And that's well warranted because the Warriors just got rid of him. So you, the Memphis doesn't have anywhere to talk right now. So you're in Cabo. We're going to the Western Conference Finals. Right, I, pulled see, up, I pulled up the receipt. Roman
0: after the game said, "In quote, fire Taylor Jenkins,
1: hire someone who teaches his guys how to rebound the ball." End quote. Well, that was fire Taylor Jenkins. That was that was some um, texted in frustration.
2: Frustration at what, Roman?
1: Uh, and just like the the, the loss in I mean, general. I, just, I, guess. I don't
0: understand how you can blame that but on. Like, him. But I like, but like you, you once always time. talk about how young we are and how but we're like not time, but, on the but, but like once road. but but here's think? what. But here's
1: what I texted after this. A few minutes later, after I got myself like a little bit composed. Here's it, like quote, I understand how that sounds. I really do. But here's the deal. Taylor Jenkins is a good coach, but he isn't a championship coach. He's Mark Jackson, not Steve Kerr. I'm not saying that he should be fired now but he can't be the coach forever if this team wants to win a championship. He was the right hire for what the Grizzlies were trying to do in 2019, which was rebuild, but he isn't the right guy to win a championship. But why? But championship why? coaches have their teams when, more prepared than this. do not you think – Championship coaches don't allow their teams to get out-rebounded by 25-plus by against a team that is notoriously bad at rebounding. Taylor Jenkins is a good coach, a great one even, but his teams constantly make the same mistakes over and over again when it really matters whether it was the constant three-point barrages in the Utah series from last year, constantly allowing Minnesota to outplay you until the final five minutes of every game, or constantly failing to out-rebound a team whose best true big is Kavon Looney.
2: So, but, and you can relate this, and we're not going to relate it to any specific high school team, but in football, if you get a new head coach, and you have a freshman quarterback that is just as good as the starting quarterback from last year, but he's a senior and he's had more experience... Do you, as the new head coach, start your freshman quarterback because you now have four years to grow with him, or do you start your senior quarterback that you have one year with? In the same situation, do you keep your new head coach that has been with these guys, been with Joss since he's been drafted, been with these guys on their way up through all the ups and downs, or do you and keep him and trust him that the culture that he has created with the Memphis Grizzlies team will last them and be able to carry them into the future when they become a more veteran and seasoned team? Or do you fire him for someone who's necessarily maybe more proven but would just be the new guy that nobody really trusts yet? Because, I don't know, we don't really know the insides of what goes on in an NBA program, but I'm sure it doesn't take a day or I'm sure it doesn't say, oh, this guy has been to the finals before. We should trust him, especially when you have a guy who's been there for Ja since he's been drafted and has led them to their most regular season wins ever, led Ja to a most improved player, Jaron was a Defense of the Year finalist. He's been Coach of the Year candidate three years in a row. He's been Coach of the Year candidate all three years, and he just led them to a six-game series against the Warriors. Do you get rid of that for a new head coach who's maybe more proven, or do you wait it out knowing that this is the guy that has the culture?
1: Absolutely not. It's Western Conference Finals or bust for Taylor Jenkins for me next year. Why? This team... I mean, make- I I
0: think we can get there, but why though? I mean, this there's guy's- no
1: if you if you look at the roster, there's no reason why this team should not be in the Western Conference. Yeah, have you next did you year. read the age category? <laughs> like
0: more than half our guys are 23 I think and you're, younger. I
2: think you're over. Overestimating the caliber of talent They just won 56 games. Like, and I know any team can win games in the regular season, nobody plays defense in the regular season. And it's a sad reality that the NBA has come to the fact that we're sitting our best players and not playing them and playing terrible defense because. I can just beat the bad teams and make the playoffs, but it's true. Like nobody I
0: disagree about the defense part. Nobody but we're getting off task
2: Okay, but nobody sure. plays as much defense in the regular season as they do in the playoffs. That is a fact. Oh, you 100%, are way 100%. less. So when the Grizzlies are averaging sixty plus fast break points a game, teams are I'm sorry, but teams are not trying as hard then. You're willing to give up fast break points in the regular season compared to what you are in the playoffs. So the Grizzlies scoring more than half of their points based off fast breaks and then that suddenly disappearing. That is because they are a good young team gets out fast, can get these fast breaks because they're an athletic team, but when it comes to the playoffs, they're too young and get shut down too easily right now.
1: Well, the more years that we go on with this, the less of an excuse that's going to end up being. At some point, then why do you the, Grizzly, the Grizzlies have to go over that hump, and I think the time to what do hump? that.
2: There's, you just made the. We don't have a
1: hump. I, I, think, mean, I think the time to do that is next year. I, I mean, first
0: year we made the play-in. You second got, year we made the playoffs. Next we made the Western Conference Finals. Or Western Conference Semifinals.
1: Which is now I mean, time to make the Western Conference Finals. Got to right. get to the final two teams. Right. That's, I mean, I, that's, I think the, that's the trajectory you're on right now. I, I like and if Taylor Jenkins doesn't get there, yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, I like your expectations, but I don't think you can hold him to a standard when he's only been a coach for three years. I mean, he's constantly been beating out expectations. I'm just saying, key guys. the
1: Warriors yeah. fired Mark Jackson after three seasons, got Steve Kerr, and won the championship. But
2: nobody was holding the Warriors to any expectation. They weren't even seated anywhere. I think they were seated like 13th coming into Steve Kerr's first season. Steve Kerr defied expectations, like Taylor Jenkins did. Only he took it like five steps further and just went ahead and won the championship.
1: No, no what do you mean? You guys literally lost
2: in the first round of the playoffs
1: right, well, the we're year getting, before. we getting lost the Clippers here. in seven games in 2013. Yeah, well, we're getting but off that's track But
2: that's still nowhere near.
1: You weren't seeded 13th, though.
0: All right, we got to move on. We're right getting ahead. we're that's getting fine. into this. The Warriors, good luck to them. I mean, it's going to be a great series against the Mavericks. And then, I mean, if you've been watching this Grizzlies team, you've got to love the future that they have. Moving on to the rest of the NBA
1: here. Who do y'all have to win the finals? Let's get a quick prediction here. I'm gonna probably going to go with Golden State at this point. I think they're probably the best team left. But I think Boston is probably going to beat Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. Absolutely unbelievable comeback from them. 3-2 against the defending champions. And then Jason Tatum comes out, proves that he's a bona fide superstar. And Boston, with Brad Stevens moving to the front office role, has really, really thrived. And really awesome to see the celtics back here along with the miami heat a lot of people said that that bubble season was kind of a fluke but here we are two years later with the same exact eastern conference finals with the celtics in the heat so yeah i'm expecting a warriors victory i guess over the celtics in the nba finals
2: so for me i think it's going to come down to in the in the heat and Celtics series um kind of jason tatum sure yes he's one of the best players in the league right now. But it's going to take more than him to win a game. And right now, you've kind of had streaky duo play between him and Jalen Brown. And when one of them's on, the other one's off, or either they're both off, or Jason Tatum's doing really well, but Brown's not having a good night at all. They need to figure out that duo and they're going to need to make it work. Well, I, don't, I don't know. Grant, I don't Will,
1: Grant Williams has also been fantastic lately. Okay,
2: so but though. Grant Williams isn't going to be the one to score 30 and help you win if Jason Tatum has an I all mean, he scored
1: night. 27, but yeah, you're right.
2: Right, but not every it's night. Not consistently. That's not, that's yeah. not an every night thing, especially when you're about to have Bam out of bio guarding you for the next however many games. And I think that especially in this Heat series that they want to get out, and it would be the same if they played the Warriors in the finals, they have too many players. The Heat have too many players that can score too many points for Jason Tatum to keep up with. He can't do it all by himself. And I don't even necessar- necessarily care if it's Jalen Brown, even though he's just the second-best player. So it should be him. He should be the one to step up. Yeah, but Marcus
0: Smart, Al Horford as well.
2: Well, right. I'm just saying, Al Horford. Sh- you should not be expecting Al Horford to step up. You should be expecting the guy that you're paying the second-most money on your team. Well, I don't know. The guy that you're supposed to be playing, mm-hmm. paying the second-most money Brown. on your team. Yeah. to step up because that's what that's what he's here for. He's here to be your second best player and a compliment to, to Jason Tatum. So if they want to win the series, they're going to have to be able to match the, just the scoring overload that the Heat have to offer because Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo has been a nice comeback. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson when he's on, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry like yeah. all these players can... They can just score. And Max Stress has been playing good too. <laughs> Who knew that? Like the all these guys that are just s- just scoring buckets. Like when someone's not scoring, somebody else is. So do you have Miami and Golden State? Um. What do you got the Mavericks? <laughs> I've got go <laughs> I've got I've got Golden State. I'm gonna say I think the Celtics do end up making it out. All right. I don't think they make it out perfectly. I think they're gonna make it out with some issues. All right. Um I have Golden State winning the finals, obviously, because okay. I'm not going to go against my team Yeah, ever. I got you. I got you. I'd say it if they're um, the ninth. What about team. you,
0: Jake? I like I like all the stuff you said about the Heat because I think this is the deepest team we've got left. I think this is a team where the Butler-Tatum matchup is going to be even better than two years ago. I mean, this matchup is like Butler's better at defense, Tatum's better at offense. Like, all the, these guys are going to be going at it all series. But I like the defense of Butler and Oladipo to prevail – over Tatum and Brown because I just think they're so deep. And then you've got Lowry, like he said, Taylor Hero scoring, Duncan Robinson scoring, all these guys that can really do dividends on the offensive end. And I think the defense – I mean, and down low with Adebayo too, I just think that – I think this Heat team is too well-rounded um, for the Celtics. I ulti- And the reason I also pick the Heat here is because I don't have a clear winner on the Warriors-Mavericks series. I don't – I honestly don't know who's going to win that series. I don't really want to guess – because I think it could go either way. I mean, I we don't really know a lot from the Mavericks.
2: At this point, everybody asks me what I think about every series, mm-hmm. especially with the Warriors. So, at this point, it's just go Warriors, and I don't yeah. give any speculation. I mean, Do the Warriors were
0: so off in that, fir- in, that mm-hmm. Warrior, in that series. They averaged 15 turnovers a game.
2: But the other part out. of
0: that was they had the best field goal percentage and best points, even with all those turnovers yeah. and bad shooting splits. So, I think that they can still get it done against the Mavericks. It's going to be close. But I think the Heat will ultimately prevail. They've got home court advantage. I just think it's going to go well for them. Like, team. I don't
1: know. Two years ago, it was a season of destiny for Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. I'm getting those same kind of vibes uh, from the Celtics team right I don't, now.
2: Was it a season of destiny? Because it was more like a season of, like, chance. They kind of fell into it. And then I don't think they would have won the finals if it wasn't for the bubble and i don't think they would have made the made finals it, yeah. yeah sorry made the finals if it wasn't for the bubble no offense to jimmy butler and them i just don't think they were ready yet yeah i think waiting 8 months i mean i still don't give credit to lebron for winning that because i don't think it, i don't think that we should give any more credit to lebron for winning that ring i would say n- as much as i love jimmy butler i'd say the same thing if they won that ring i don't mm-hmm. think it's fair to wait that long and Give a ring out like yeah, that. Yeah, but that. either
1: way, I think this is kind of a season of destiny for Tatum. Really? I think he's just Tatum? I could playing see that. that
2: well right Tatum? now. Tatum? Yeah. So you think Boston's going to win?
1: Yeah, I I, th- I think Boston is going to beat Miami. I, don't know, I, just, I just don't think they have the depth to beat Golden State in the finals. I get that. But, yeah. you know.
0: All right, well, either way, it's going to be a great Final Four we've got going. Last little thing, little fun topic here. We've got the top five point guards of all, ta- of all, of all time ranked by your guys. Roman, who are your top five point guards? Start at five and well, go to so, one. We'll be, we'll
2: be so, quiet so, until he finishes. So, and then so, we'll, so, yeah. so you, that's so, that's the
0: rule. We cannot say anything till we're done.
1: So so you right. just so you just want me to just go down. Just go to, five to one, and then we'll talk.
2: No explanation at first. Just yeah. go five to All one. All right, here
1: we go. Number five, Bob Cousy.
2: <laughs> Keep going.
1: Number four, Chris Paul. Number three, John Stockton. <laughs> Number two, Magic Johnson. And number one, Steph Curry.
2: All right, Jake, you go.
0: Bob Cousy. Yes. Chris Paulett. You, you, you didn't include Oscar Robertson, Isaiah oh Thomas, gosh. or Allen Iverson.
2: Oh, my gosh. Hey, John I-
0: Stockton at three. <laughs> three. I kid, he was a great passer, but three.
2: Hey, Roman, I agree, three. With, your one, I agree with your one and two. That's yeah, a great I'm, one. I'm set there. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little more questioning the Bob Cousy and the Chris Paul. Bob well, who, the, who, who, What? Why, why, Jake, wow. how about you just say your top five? Okay, I'll just go. Just do your top five. Top
0: five. Number five, Allen Iverson. Um, Averaged 27, 4, and 6 over his career. Don't Except, need, we don't need an explanation.
2: I'm just giving you the stats. No, we don't need oh, okay, that right
0: sorry. now. Allen Iverson, 5. Isaiah Thomas, 4. Oscar Robertson,
2: 3. Magic, yeah. 2. Steph, 1. You want me to go now? Yeah, you can All right. Go. I have Walt Frazier at 5, John Stockton at 4, Oscar Robertson at 3, Magic Johnson at 2, and Stephen Curry at 1. Y'all didn't have AI or Isaiah Thomas in your top five. I think. See, it, see well, I would put.
1: I would put Oscar. I don't think Oscar Robertson played for long enough. That's, that's. I thought he played for like he at least, seventeen years.
2: Yeah, Oscar Robertson was on the first team in the NBA nine times. That's that's a decent amount of years. So he and he was on the second team like four. So he at least played. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Oscar
1: Robertson's probably six. My thing about AI me.
2: is that he never won the finals. I think that. That's one thing that held him back from being a top five player. He played fourteen years. Even though John Stockton, 14. even though John Stockton never won the finals, I think that with MJ out of the picture, that they would have won the past couple years of that. And I mean he you could
0: say the same thing with A.I. I mean, he had to go against a lot of top talent as well.
2: I I understand that, but no one was beating MJ, Scotty, and Dennis. I'm just I'm just saying I think that John Stockton makes a better case to be on there than I mean, nine time assist leader.
0: I mean that's pretty good. I mean when you when you're playing with a guy that's third all time in scoring, it's pretty easy to do that. I mean you've got Carl Malone down low, but who's going to pass, pass in to the him ball? On the pick and
2: roll. Not everybody's going to do that. Like John I'm, Stockton, not everyone's going to be John Stockton. Like if you threw. Uh, let's say oh, uh, Dylan Brooks. If you I throw agree. Dylan Brooks out there, I, I, he's one hundred percent.
0: One hundred. I mean, he's a great passer,
1: but when you've got a guy like that, I mean, look. I know you guys are questioning the Bob Cousy thing a little bit, I but at the end, end of the day, he still engineered <laughs> the first legitimate dynasty in NBA history. But we don't
2: give credit to. We don't give like, like I think you you need you
1: need to give him props for that.
0: He played in the '60s, in the '50s.
1: Yeah, but still, like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dude, I want you to notice oh, oh, we're talking
0: about talent by itself. Someone born during the Great Depression is not gonna be on that level. But, but we're talking about like
2: I thought I was gonna have to defend Steph Curry. Uh, I, I really thought this. Uh, I really thought someone was gonna say Magic was Bro, the best point guard. He only averaged really 18. Yeah, a game. like where like 18. he wasn't even the best player on his team. Oh, 18
1: per game was probably pretty incredible for back then.
2: Yeah, but that's a hundred years ago.
1: <laughs> not legitimately, but like 70. Come on, man.
0: I don't, I, th- I just, I, I think he deserves, I'm just happy to about if he deserves respect. I mean, a lot I of give these him point respect, guards, like he's, respect. A of, he's a he's a hall of fame point guard. Talent. We're
2: talking about the top five point guards of all time. You might as well have thrown Penny Hardaway in there, Roman. Like that's like, I don't get where, <laughs> where does Walt, like I would, I just Walt Frazier played a while ago too. Yeah. Okay. But you like like put Walt Frazier five. on there, Brent. You can't talk. What do you, Bob Cousy's like maybe a top 15 point guard of all time. Walt Frazier is at least top seven. Top 10. Walt Frazier. Top 10. Top, te- top 10 he's I don't think you've ever seen Walt
0: Frazier play I have seen him play and he was very special he was a very special player you know? I mean a but
2: two-time champ four-time all first team 17 all defensive first team great guy great player he is a great guy great player oh, and oh, I you have, have ha- to factor yeah.
1: accolades into this too and Bob Cousy's accolades are but who did he like.
2: have on his team who did he play against and yeah ex-
1: exactly. Who did he play against? I know he he, he beat Jerry West in the oh Lakers about my. A, a thousand times. Jer- oh J- Jerry West. There's Jer- a reason Jerry West. Jerry
2: West isn't on this list.
0: <laughs> yeah, where is Jerry West in the top point The only guard thing rankings? that Jerry West is know, known for Jerry anymore is being like, the type, logo. Top, Jerry West probably, probably
1: 10, like top maybe. 10, okay. And he's the flat logo.
2: <laughs> you don't Okay, wait, there's a bigger. I don't You didn't have Oscar Robertson on your list. Oh, Oscar Robert,
1: a, Oscar Robertson 6 probably for me. And That's a disrespect. Oscar
0: Robertson's career stats: twenty six points per game, That's seven point five rebounds a game, nine point five assists a game. Way better stats than even
2: a guy like Magic Johnson. Like you can't not have him on your top five. And he, and he was a one time MVP and a one time champion. So I mean that doesn't really add much necessarily, but he did win the award. Yeah. Uh, and y'all y'all disrespecting Isaiah Thomas too. I mean he played
0: really. in the same era as uh, John Stockton. Them he played in the same conference. So if you put Isaiah Thomas no, in the didn't. West. Yes, he did. No, he played didn't. in the East with Michael Jordan. If you put him in the yeah, West, maybe... Yeah, was in the West. I, I, you said the same conference. He's playing in the same conference as Michael uh, Jordan, which means he's going to get knocked out a little earlier. Look, only, no, there are he only played, five he spots. Played, he
2: played against a young MJ. It's he hard. did not play against the prime MJ. He played, well, he, he played, played against both, them. but he never beat them.
0: Exactly. He John Stockton be, didn't either. And right. John Stockton had better teammates. You're, or you can't compare Bill Lambeer to Karl Malone. You but, see what we, I'm saying? If you put Isaiah Thomas on that Jazz team, I'm not saying they're any better. Or any worse. You know what i I just think
2: that John Stockton made – I mean, Isaiah Thomas was obviously the best player on his team, but I don't think – I think he also helped make people way better. I don't think Isaiah – Isaiah Thomas only made himself better. John Stockton made – Carl Malone would not be third all-time in scoring if John Stockton wasn't there. Carl Malone would not be a Hall of Famer, I don't think, if John Stockton wasn't there. I, mean, I don't think I mean, he John
0: Stockton was great. I just think if you put Isaiah Thomas in that situation, the scoring
2: that he he's has – He's falling. Along with – he's what? He's falling. What do you mean? Stockton is falling on the list. I still like. Yeah. I think that I think that when yeah. when I he finished his career, he probably would have made a case at that time yeah. for the second best point guard of all time. Yeah. But now he's falling. I still think he deserves top five because of his his impact on the game and his impact on other players. I mean, Karl Malone wouldn't be able to do it alone. Obviously, Malone alone. Hundred percent. Yeah. But. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm surprised about the Bob Cousy, the No Oscar Robertson, and I'm surprised that all three of you guys put Steph as number one.
0: Hey Steph, I mean Ste- Steph, Steph is all around the best player. I thought Steph is the
1: best shooter of all time, and he's still a tremendous playmaker. I think I, mean, a co- I think the combination of those things have to make him the best point. Because
2: I because I was thinking when we were doing this, and I was like I'm, i thought I thought of a really good point, and I was like someone's gonna pull Magic Johnson first, and I'm like I'm gonna get to use this point. It's gonna be great. And the point that someone was gonna make is gonna be Magic Johnson played all five positions in the finals. And the point yeah. I thought of was that we're not playing on all five positions; we're playing on point guard. Yeah, so and it's true, but I'm I mean, if you
0: have a point guard, that can guard all positions. I mean, he's got to be given some credit for that. Oh well, yeah, but you know, not Baron. I'm happy.
2: I'm happy that Steph is the okay. unanimous number one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I
0: mean, I could still see an argument with most. I feel like most people would say Magic there. They I mean, would because I'd, of his versatility and because he has five championships. But we're
2: not. But we're not basing we're not basing the talent of a player based off if they can play all five positions in a finals I game. I think They're that's basing, fair. I think that's fair. I but. You think it's fair to say that we're basing them off of that?
0: I mean, I it's fair to consider it, and, I mean, put but a lot of in, weight on it. But in a – I mean, if you think KD is one of the best players of all time, I mean, you obviously have to talk about his in, versatility.
2: In two different eras of basketball, one position full, like you are playing your position and that's it, like, and one position list. Like, the NBA now is not a position game. It's more of a anybody can play any position and it doesn't really matter. We deem players a certain positions. So, so why
0: doesn't versatility matter more then?
2: Because I don't because the NBA now doesn't put as much of a I mean if it, it
0: doesn't put a much of a weight on a singular position, then why wouldn't versatility matter more in that situation? You see because what
2: because Magic Johnson, I think I think that the closest comparison to Magic Johnson, and this is gonna sound very disrespectful, but it's not. You're gonna say Ben Simmons? I am. I knew it, but knew it. the only but the only reason is is because if you look at it, Ben Simmons can technically play all five positions. Ben no, Simmons can't. is no, can't. no he's si- Maybe six, not the five. No, he
0: can't. Not the five. He's not a point guard. He is nowhere near magic when it comes to point. I
2: going. understand, but if you're comparing someone today to so- to Magic Johnson I get in comparison, it. Yeah, I get the it. only per- the person that comes to mind is Ben Simmons.
0: But what if Ben Simmons could do everything you wanted him to? <laughs> and he wasn't a loser.
2: <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't know, like you I don't think
1: I don't think Ben Simmons could run the Showtime Lakers.
2: Oh, no. I, you think I'm saying that. I'm just saying if Ben Simmons had saying, all the qualities that Magic you, had. And here's come another on, here's dude. another thing. If you put if you put Steph in Magic's place on the Lakers, I don't think I think that maybe like when he has to play an upper position, maybe there might be a tiny bit of an issue. But I think for the most part, winning championships wise, like five championships, I don't think that goes away. Dude, I don't know.
1: Steph would have struggled a little bit bit more in the '80s and '90s. You put you put I agree.
2: You put Magic Johnson in Steph Curry's shoes and what they were trying to do with him, and and. Now and that, I don't think it would have gone as well for them. No, Steph
1: would have had a lot of trouble against a guy like Ron Harper. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's all situations. I mean, Steph Curry does what he needs to do to get championships with the Warriors, same with Magic. But good but thing we're not debating. Good this. thing we're not debating. Yeah. Steph Curry is, I the, think, the best point of all time. Magic and another
2: championship would just Curry. solidify that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Bob so. Cousy is uh, not top five, but yeah. uh, that's going to wrap it up here <laughs> for the show. Thank you for watching the third episode of the Men and Hoodies podcast. If you don't watch our actual show, Men and Hoodies, visit ahstargetlive.com or on YouTube to check it out. So stay tuned for our more podcasts coming in the future. It's going to probably become a little more stagnant just because summer's starting up and we're going to be on trips and everything, but definitely keep looking out for those podcasts. And
2: eventually it won't be all NBA, but, you yeah. know, you know no one wants to yeah. talk about right baseball right for 30 minutes. We'll,
1: pro- we'll probably move more into, like, NFL college football. stuff once we yeah. – Oh, college football uh, uh, up Maybe, maybe a fantasy episode. A fantasy episode.
2: Yeah, yeah. talk about fantasy, guys. I like it, but we've got
0: a lot of options moving forward. But thank you for watching the third episode, and we'll see you next time.
2: Pound it, Noggin.
0: See ya.